Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. It's me, Bark, and on my left is just Arms. Good morning. It's only Arms. No net. You, you seem so, so disappointed. No, I just feel the need to point it out that there is no knit. There, there is no niddle here. You're almost as disappointed as um, I am whenever I've you know got a thirty point lead going into halftime of last night's game, and uh, apparently the the Vikings decided to start playing football, and you have two of their receivers. Well, when you have Diggs and Thielen, I know it's just it's a matter of time. Nary a worry when you have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, and uh, Diggs got it done. Thielen got it done too, but I feel like the second half is digs takeover. Like it's it's time for the digs. It's it's just a it's it's just killing my playoff hopes, Barker. I and can't help that. I'm sorry. I just need uh, Kelsey and Reggie Ragland out before Pat Mahomes. That'll be fun to watch. God. But look, hopefully, hopefully, Patty puts a little ketchup on it tonight. That is disgusting. Like listen, it's not that bad. Uh, first off, no, you're you're describing how to eat a hamburger, putting putting ketchup on any uh, meat from a cow. No, no, not. I can eat ketchup and steak. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why not? Because you're ruining steak. What do you put on it? It nothing or a one. I hate a one. The nothing. The nothing is your answer. Now, I, listen, I'm not against the uh, ketchup on, on Mac and Jesus. See? Yeah. See, hey, poor folk, you have poor ways. See? I, no. See, hey, no. Whenever you grow up and you've got like the most generic macaroni and cheese known to man, you got to do a little something to spice it up. There's not always uh, a lot of good cheese in there. I'm just saying. Now, I, I'll agree with you to an extent. My wife makes hamburger helper, she puts ketchup in it. Okay. Like uh, the cheesy, the cheesy Velveeta yeah. and, and hamburger, and she puts some ketchup in it. Gives it this little bit of a tang. Yeah. So okay. Okay. I, I just can't, all right. I can't support ketchup on steak. It's got to be a really, really bad steak, and you have no way one to consider ketchup. God, it's got to be bad. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so how about that? Uh, so Brighton. How about fantasy football? You know, I thought of something. Recaps are fun. But you know what would be fun to focus on today? What's that? The playoff stretch run and who you can actually pick up that might be able to help you and who you shouldn't. Okay. And that it, it drives me straight into the first topic of the day for me. Um, Gus. Wait. It, he's so irrelevant. I have to look his name up. But the Baltimore Ravens running back from last night that is definitely going to be the hot what, Gus Edwards. <laughs> Gus the Gummy Gator Edwards. Oh, the uh, the guy with the 115 yards? Yeah. In a touchdown? Yeah. He is so obscure that I couldn't remember his name. But listen. He is a rookie. He is a rookie. He's a big one. He's a pounder. He's one of those 235-pound guys that grind out four, five, six yards. But, hey, I it looks like maybe, possibly, the Ravens have seen all that they need to see uh, out of the Alex Collins experiment. And Gus Edwards looked really good yesterday. And is, is he someone that you can uh, grab and help your playoff cause? I hope so because I'm putting in a waiver request. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I, I think the whole world is putting in a waiver request uh, for for Mister Gus uh, today, hoping to land him. But I, is it a flash in the pan, though? Is it see, is Alex Collins and Ty Montgomery still has yet to even get a carry? They they which they didn't give much for him, but they've got something. In, I mean, they've got something in him. It, it's more than. I mean, what they've got in him, I guess, is more than nothing. Does that does that make sense? Versus. Gus Edwards has uh, literally just an unguaranteed contract. Right, he's an undrafted free agent. 
Man. Um, but they gave him the ball. Yeah. I well, they've uh, they Alex Collins wasn't exactly highly touted. Um, no. Buck Allen was never highly touted. So I mean, I most likely, most likely he's a flash in the pan. Most likely we just saw the best of what he's going to do because it was against uh, was it the Bengals? It's against the Bengals. Alex Collins scored again, by the way. Like you just can't keep that kid out of the end zone. So I just mean, like uh, Curtis Samuel. Electric. I freaking love Curtis Samuel. Just electric. I, I just want him to be better than he is. Uh, but, you know, the thing about it, most likely what what we see with Gus Edwards is he's got, he is the beneficiary of them just being that much better team than uh, than the Bengals. The Bengals have a terrible defense. Don't forget the nickname, Gus the Gummy Gator Edwards. That's beautiful. The Gummy Gator? Yeah. Did you make that nickname up? Your kids don't watch Ryan's Toy Review. No. Thank God, like, congratulations. My kids do, and it, it, it's hell. Pure hell. <laughs> okay. Ryan's mom haunts my dreams with their loud, high-pitched scream. But, I mean, we could, we could almost do a whole show about Ravens players that could possibly help you throughout the uh, playoffs because Lamar Jackson broke a record yesterday. Really? Broke a record. You know, I benched uh, Phillip Rivers for Lamar Jackson in a league. How'd that go? I know they were probably close. Rivers had a pretty decent game, but uh, I'm I'm in my team's bad. I took I took a, it was a takeover, and uh, I had to trade away some draft picks. It was a four team keeper, mm-hmm. and I had to trade away some fairly decent draft picks to get some pretty good uh, keepers. Otherwise, literally, I didn't have a four team keeper. I didn't have th- uh, three players I wanted to keep, so I, I ended up trading away and. Um, one of my top three picks, which, you know, like I said, is around five, six, five or, excuse me, six or seven is the, the rounds I was out. So, eh, it, uh, I, I'm, I'm winning whenever I shouldn't be. Let's just put it that way. Gotcha. But let's, let's, uh, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about the record. He broke 27 carries. Did you know? No running or no quarterback in the NFL has ever carried the ball 27 times. That's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. Michael Vick's high, 15. Wow. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson comes in first game as a pro as far as starting and playing goes because he's he's been mixed in a little bit like a Taysom Hill. But Lamar Jackson uh, goes off 27 carries, 117 yards, and uh, contributed 13-19 in the air for 150. He did throw a pick, no touchdowns. But the upside is clearly massive. Massive. Particularly, most leagues reward more for rushing yards than they do passing yards. Yes. Now, I mean... And you get some passing yards, and this is probably going to be one of those uh, lows as far as passing yards go. I, I, expect I would assume they, they had this game pretty well and he's in good. the bag the whole way through. There wasn't any comeback mode. There wasn't a reason to throw the ball 30 plus times. And he's a good thrower. That's the thing about Lamar Jackson. Lamar's actually, he is from what I saw in college. Of course, um, he can actually throw the ball. It's not like he's a run first quarterback, which apparently he runs a lot. Um, I would assume that some of these numbers, you know, maybe we take off 10, of his carries and added 10 uh, throw attempts to it. But, you know, obviously he, he's got the, the wheels. I mean, he's a, he's obviously a very effective runner um, over a hundred yards on the ground. I don't expect a hundred yards every week, but to add that 50 or 60 to go with, you know, 225, 230 passing yards, that, that's good. That is, you know, you're getting into that QB one range, especially if you're getting in the end zone. Yeah. So, 200-yard rushers for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards, two names that we've not seen at the top of fantasy scoreboards this season, and we get them in week 11. I'm buying both of them. I know Flacco could only miss another game or two, but that's uh, this is prime time to either lock down your wild card or lock up your division. And I'll tell you, I have Lamar Jackson in my number two league, uh, with Carson Wentz, and I'm regretting not playing Lamar Jackson because Carson Wentz is apparently having a sophomore sl- – well, not a sophomore slump, a junior slump. 
He'll he'll come out of it. He'll be fine. He uh, will. But right the now, the problem that is, offense, is it going to be this year? It's not going to be this year. That's the thing. Do you do you cap bait? My biggest thing about starting Jackson over Rivers was I had nothing to lose in that league. So it's like you know what? I might as well put him on. I might as well see what he does. If he wins me a week, awesome. So yeah, I I, I think I'm going to do it. Any games Lamar Jackson starts from here, I'm playing him over Wentz in in my leagues. Any league that I can. Actually, I may pick him up. up. No, I got Cam Newton. It's almost like going back a little bit from Cam to Lamar. But I started to think about it. Like Cam, but Cam scores. Cam throws touchdowns. Yeah, you don't know what Lamar's going to do. Like we're talking the most limited sample size. This is like signing Matt Flynn to a you know five year you know huge contract, and then. <laughs> Kind of like the Seahawks did, uh, you know, with him. Yeah. Yeah. Off of what? One game? Two games? Pretty much. Seven yeah, yeah. seven touchdown game. They're like, seven. throw some money at him. Absolutely. Throw the cash. Absolutely. So, Oakland, your team, as far as who's going to help you in the stretch run, nail down the wild card, sneak into the playoffs. Brandon LaFell apparently ruptured his Achilles last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Ra- the Raiders. I ju- just signed him. The Raiders can't catch a break. I just picked him. Or signed him. Excuse me. I just picked him up in one of my leagues. How that phone for, call go? For when like you a, signed him. A dollar. It was great. He was excited yeah. to be a copper beard. Right. Um. Yeah. I just picked him up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to play him this week. Um. I'm actually oddly comfortable starting uh, Golden Tate right now and Curtis Samuel. Tate had a better game. Yeah. He's getting worked in. He did. He did. He's looking better. And then, of course, Curtis Samuel had a nice game. Um, and uh, Who? Curtis Samuel. Electric. He, the guy, he gets that in man, the end zone. Man is electric. I mean, all you can say is, that, I mean, he gets in the end zone. But anyway, I left uh, LaFell on the bench, which it, it was the right decision, but, you know, by the smallest of margins. Um, and now I've got to just put him back on the waiver wire. Yeah. <laughs> so frustrating. Uh, so, so who is a Raiders fan do you think is the beneficiary I mean, you, we've got yet another receiver gone from Oakland. So your your leaders for Oakland receiving-wise yesterday were, I believe his name is Marcel Altman. Marcel Aitman, not Alt. Marcel Aitman, he was a seventh-round rookie pick this season out of Oklahoma State, 6'4", 216, and uh, ha- has a wonderful smile from what I can tell by his bio. Four catches, 50 yards. Seth Roberts, four for 38. And Jalen Richard, three for 32. It's getting super thin in Oakland. Can any of these guys help you uh, in the playoff run? Now, as a, as a Raiders fan, I do like uh, Seth Roberts, but no. No, none of them is going to be anything you're going to want to add. You might take I a mean, flyer on Aitman if you really need. He's He's thrust into playing time. The ball has to go somewhere. Does it? I guess does maybe. It? I guess maybe it doesn't. Have you have you saw the Raiders? I guess it doesn't have to go somewhere. It can just go backwards. I mean, I, I I've they se- won. Yeah, which is you know insane. rah rah Raiders. You you won. Okay. Woo. Against a, uh, you know they're it's almost as if they're trying to get out of that number one overall. Pick. I know they can't even you can't even tank right Oakland. It's them and them in Arizona now. Uh, Oakland won. You know, kind of. I believe that causes a tiebreaker situation if they finish with the uh, same record, and Arizona would pick first overall. I don't know who they'd take. Oh, but uh, and there goes Nick Bosa. There go, well, maybe that'd be a fantastic pick for him. But on that side, David Johnson, he's back, man. He didn't really get the receptions, but he had over a hundred yards on the ground again. Looked really well doing it. Uh, he's, I'm glad I picked him up for my stretch run, uh, but let's, let's look on to the next docket game. Uh, no big time surprises in the Denver chargers game. Uh, but Cortland Sutton did have a three for 78 game pacing them in yards. We've talked about him a little bit. I'm still of the belief that he could help you in the playoffs. Are you? I, absolutely. Um, I think Cortland Sutton, the only thing he's going to end up doing is getting more and more targets as time goes on. I mean, he's he's coming down with you know large gains. He's um, he's getting better as far as a ball security standpoint. Like it, It's not like he's a fumble problem. I'm saying he's actually getting the catches on the targets. 
the more trust he uh, builds up, the more targets he's going to get. And, you know, the 74 yards could turn into 124 real quick or, you know, 150 and a two touchdowns. It could, that could happen real quick, uh, especially when you're, you get in a situation where you've got receivers that are – they're just not consistent like you need them to be. You know, if you're playing Marquez Valdez-Scantling Marquez. as your number three or Golden Tate even, you know, as your number two. You know, uh, just kind of the upside of Cortland Sutton is is a lot higher right now. You know, and, and you're he's he, as you say thrust into playing time. He's going to get the ball thrust. He's going to uh, his upside is just at this point much higher than uh, than both those players. I agree, and he he can help you. I mean, rookies that get tossed in midway through the season, a lot of times they find their way into that number one role as the season winds down and that that's what's happening the season is winding down and it looks like we have a new number one team like we talked about them being possibly the number one team yet the last episode but i nobody has impressed me more now i know we had the chiefs with a just barrage of six games to start the season where it's like they are clearly the best team in the league now i think the saints are clearly the best team in the league. Even the defense is starting to step up, like we talked about. But, I mean, they shut the Eagles down. I mean, you you question, is this a product of a bad Eagles team or is this a product of a really good Saints team? Really good Saints uh, team, and I have no doubt about it. I don't think their defense is this good, but I think their defense is you know very much improving. If if you have a middle of the league defense to combine with this offense, you're in fantastic shape. The, They've won nine straight. Nine straight. There, I, I mean, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'll go ahead and say it. Drew Brees definitely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and you've got some players on that that team that are just absolute studs. I mean, Alvin Kamara's a stud. Michael Thomas is a stud. Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's back. He's I mean, a stud. B- back to his – that's what I'm saying. He, his first game or two, he didn't look that great. Now, stud. I mean, Traquan Smith. Big game. Traquan Smith, Smith, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 157, yeah, 157 yards and touchdown. Traquan Smith is a huge, huge add on all waiver wires if he's still available, and he's probably not. But in your your little ten teamer, whenever you're struggling for that number three receiver, Traquan Smith absolutely the guy to go out and get. Yeah, because that upside game per game of being able to do exactly what he did. I know that he has been inconsistent, but that upside he brings like that in our league format. That's over twenty points. I I would have loved to have had that yesterday. Loved. Michael Thomas still did his thing, but that that's another thing. New Orleans. Wide receiver depleted. Traquan Smith is going to get targets the rest of the way. Do you call Traquan Smith like depleted? You know, no, part of, part of the depletion because no, I mean, I'm just saying injury, injury after injury. Ted, say, Ted a, Ginn, okay. Cameron Meredith, Des Bryant. Now they signed Brandon Marshall. Like they, they have not had a number two receiver all year. Stay healthy, and finally, maybe they're like, okay, let's suck it up. Traquan's our number two. Let's play him as such and provide no competition. Like Brandon Marshall's not going to be competition for Traquan. No, that's a no. depth signing. Gosh no. And I mean, I, I liked uh, in the preseason. I really liked Austin Carr's upside. Just you know to play that slot, that slot role. Yeah, but one one target or two targets, one catch for three yards and touchdown. That's not you know. I mean, great. You got in the end zone, but other than that, you did nothing. Um, great, you got in the end zone. But, you know, I, I liked him for the upside, you know, going into the season. But, man, it just nothing developed out of it. Same way, you know, Cam Meredith, what, he's on IR now. Um, you know, just it kind of is what it is. I uh, it just, I don't know, man, I, I like that they're, they're top two receivers. And at this point, with as good as the running game is, you know, and um, how effective uh, Kamara is in the passing game, you just don't need that number three guy. You don't need to uh, – they don't even need a solid tight end. As crazy as that is, they don't need a solid tight end to be an effective offense. I agree. Let's talk uh, about another can, game. Can we also say they're great against the tight end? Yeah. They are great against tight end. They shut Ertz down yesterday. Take 
Take your moment in the sun. There we go. Take take I, I your told, moment. Hey, now it's primarily DFS play because you got to play him in your, uh, in all you know. Yeah, you're going to all, no. all your other one, but he's you know you had to shut him down right. whenever it came to DFS. I mean the stats don't lie. Um, the Saints and um, and the Titans they're just two of the best in the league right now against tight ends and the the Titans still even against the Colts didn't allow a tight end in the end zone and the, the Colts killed them. Anyhow, I don't even want to talk about the Colts this morning. <laughs> You'll know why if you follow us on the Twitter. Why I'm, I'm very upset with Indianapolis. Poor little guy. <sighs> All right. What, what's so, Panthers, Lions, carry on Johnson. Good game. Uh, my Matthew Stafford call didn't go as planned. He didn't have a bad game. In uh, all regards, he had one of his best games of the season. It just happened to only result in 220 yards and a touchdown with no interceptions. But not the big game I was thinking was going to happen. Uh, they he did keep them in it. They did win twenty to nineteen uh, on the back of Kenny the Snake Galladay. Eight receptions, hundred and thirteen yards, and a touchdown. Of course, he's somebody you should have grabbed in uh, redraft if he was you, available, which he wasn't probably. But yeah. he is definitely he's that guy you may not have been starting all season. Maybe you had somebody better. I. I was in that situation. Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay in one league is my wide receiver three. Uh, Cup goes down. Gladly plug Galladay in the rest of the way. Uh, he's somebody I think is going to help you win a playoff game. Not I, just get there, but help you win a playoff game. And you just, uh, I mean, Galladay, I mean, he is a physical freak. I mean, he's he's a monster, and we know how much Matthew Stafford likes to throw the ball, how much the Lions as, as an organization like to throw the ball. Galladay's going to get a share. He's going to get his targets. I mean, it's going to be up to him what he what he comes down with, and more often than than not, it's going to be the majority of them. And more often than not, he's going to you know be around that hundred yard mark, if not over. And I mean, he's the only real true red zone threat that they've got. I mean, everyone else I think is like under six foot tall. Galladay's right. like six two, six three. So flipping to the other side, which you'll love to talk about this uh, on that Panthers team that lost to the Lions. DJ Moore, seven for 157 and a touchdown. Definitely a guy that can help you the rest of the way through. And I'm finally going to say it. But first, I'll say Devin Funches, his time is over. He is no longer a fantasy relevant receiver to me. If you have Funches in redraft leagues, time to cut bait. If you have Funches in dynasty leagues, if your trades are still open, I would cut bait. Curtis Samuel is actually a better play. God, I'm so I can't believe I'm saying this. It's because I need a moment. It's because it's true. I need a moment. It, a moment like this. You, Curtis you, Samuel you have, lasts a lifetime. You have to say it because it's true. The only problem with Curtis Samuel, I mean, he's he, electric. He, he's good at getting in the end zone, so that's the best thing about him. But the problem is he's not a he's not getting a hundred percent snap count like a DJ Moore. He's not on the field for every single situation. When the, when he is, it's like they're targeting. They're he, you know they're finding Curtis or yeah Curtis Samuel in the uh, in the offense, but he's not there every single play, and it's maddening. You know they're out they're running out Jarius Wright or whoever. Yeah. And maybe they're learning something. I mean, the the he still only has 17 receptions on 23 targets for the season. Okay, I understand. But that's those uh, the majority of those have been in the last three games. Correct. So maybe, maybe they're like we are a much better offense with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore as the beneficiaries of the passing game. No more slow Devin Funches for seven yard downfield high point throws now it's the uh samuel and moore show seven targets yesterday it's it's nothing to f with i mean five touchdowns already on the season and only started playing week five right i mean i i don't expect him to do what dj moore did yesterday with you know the ton of yards but get the kid the targets he's probably gonna you know eventually find his way into the end zone it seems like well he's finding his way to more targets week by week so it may be prime time if all the other guys are gone maybe a waiver wire pickup now if you're running an idp league i know this is kind of a just a just a itty bitty you know like not icing on the cake just like sprinkles on the cupcake sprinkles on the cupcake but he does play special teams so he usually gets you a tackle to tackle or two as well Ooh. 
Hey, uh, that was a decision maker. Nothing for, like a tackle. That was a decision maker for me versus putting him in versus Keelan Cole yesterday. Oh, man. Where, what happened to Keelan? Where did Keelan Cole go? Can we put out the search and rescue team? Dude, he's got to have his picture on the side of a milk box somewhere. He's, listen, from number one receiver for the Jags to, does he still play for him? I, I'm telling you right now, I don't, I don't know if he's seen the field. Because it's it's goose egg, goose egg, goose egg. Put the kid on special teams or something. I mean, he's he's an effective guy with the ball in his hand. It they just they I don't know what he did. I mean, did he, was he hooking up with the coach's daughter? What was going on, man? Something bad happened. Something bad has happened with Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole is in a doghouse for something. Granted, the Jags only threw for a hundred and four yards yesterday. No catches from Keelan Cole. No other wide receiver did anything either. Dante Moncrief, one for 11. Great call, Nit. That call was just as good as my Michael Gallup, one for 10. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, you he's, know, he's gone. Keelan's gone. He's went the way of Devin Funches. Whenever I was listening, uh, listening back, I'd forgot that I actually said this. When Nit was going deep, I'm like, you're not saying Michael Gallup. And then you said, I didn't realize that I had said that. And then you turned around and said, I'm like, oh, man, just don't do it, man. Just don't do it. Oh, you got to take your dart throws. Oh, you yeah. got to no. take your shots. Listen, there. If, if we said start Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt every week and, you know, sick Isaiah Crowell most weeks. Boring show. Boring show. Boring you show. Gotta take, you got to be the – you try to go against Green every now and again. Indeed. Good way to look at it. Cowboys, Falcons, Amari Cooper still not doing much. Still being Amari Cooper, uh, Ezekiel Elliott led the way. That, I believe wasn't that in receiving. For was them. that that was you? You called Amari Cooper being down. Well, yeah, but yeah. I but I at the expense of Michael Gallup. Yeah, uh, that didn't. Happen. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That didn't happen. Julio Jones scored again. Holy uh, crap! Julio is a red zone target. Is that three weeks in a row? I believe so. Oh my god! He's a red zone target, man. He's like Curtis Samuel. Has Just he, electric. He does nothing but get into the end zone. As he freaking should be. He's a monster and can jump out of the stadium. Right. My Unfortunately, gosh. it didn't help him. Falcons are four and six uh, after losing to the Cowboys. Cowboys uh, probably running away with the NFC East. Uh, Alex Smith is now hurt. He is out for the season. Broke oh. his leg. Colt McCoy time. Colt McCoy show is coming to town, oh, man. which means more carries for Adrian Peterson. 30, 30 carries a game probably for Adrian Peterson if you nabbed him at any time in the season. Now's your time to shine, even brighter than you were before. I think I'm going to go pick up, uh, pick me up some Colt McCoy. He's going to be a better option to start than Derek Carr the rest of the season. <laughs> Not about, You know what? Probably right. Uh, That's yeah. probably right. Colt McCoy, a lot of peppered five-yard passes. Uh, basically the Alex Smith of old there in Colt yeah, McCoy. He's like a two-inch shorter version of Alex Smith. Basically. Oh, God. So Eric Ebron killed all owners yesterday. He had a pass attempt, but that was about it. Uh, Marlon Mack saved you with a touchdown, 16 for 61. We talked about selling high on Mack while you could. I think that has come to fruition. Uh, Marcus Mariota went out in this game as well. We had injured quarterbacks yesterday. Mariota... Alex uh, Smith and Blaine Gabbert came in and got it done for no one. For absolutely no one. Poor Blaine Gabbert. Poor Blaine Gabbert, Poor. indeed. It just brings Corey Davis back to irrelevancy. And if Marcus Mariota is going to miss some games, alert. Corey Davis is no longer a playoff asset for you. I d see, look at Corey Davis's game log, and you'll see why I traded him. It, it's, it's, it's it's like seven points. Amari Cooper consistency. Six points. Twenty-five points. Five points. Four points. Fourteen points. It. I just. I don't even want Corey Davis on my team. I think he's a tremendously talented wide receiver. I don't think he's the problem. I think the you know that offense and just the tar they're not targeting. They don't target him enough for what he's able to do. I mean, it's as simple as that. Whenever you're throwing the ball to Anthony Ferkser, whoever the freak that is. Well, you know, he, he only got targeted three times, but Mr. Ferkser did pace him in uh, receiving yards with Corey his Davis, Corey Davis only got targeted four times. Yeah, it's my, ridiculous. Po my point, though, I mean, whenever you're getting absolutely annihilated, 
How are how are how is your best receiver only getting targeted four times? You're getting crushed. You you lost the game by 28 points. And Blaine your best, Gabbert, man. Your best receiver gets looked at four times. Blaine Gabbert. I, I don't want to give it away by throwing it to my, my uh, first read. Well, if he's open, throw it to him. Right. Titans were in playoff contention, and if Mariota's out, it's over. And this is the reason we've been Mariota haters for so long. Mariota will never stay healthy. You will never get 16 games just, out of Marcus Mariota. It's not going to happen. Well, I'm sorry. My, mine's not just that. I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback. No, he's not that good. He's he, very he, uh, slightly above average. He offers a little a little bit on the ground. He's capable on the ground, but he's a poor like a very poor version of a Cam Newton. He just he wants to be mobile. Not going to give you, you know, 100 yards on the ground typically, but he's going to get you, you know, 20, 30, 40. But my God, Mark's like it's an in, such an inefficient offense all the way around. They don't have a running back that's effective. Their quarterback's ineffective, which makes their wide receivers ineffective. Simple as that. Man, I just don't like. I just don't like that whole offense. I don't either. Stay away from everyone on that offense as of now. We we pretty much were anyways. But now you definitely just need to stay away. But speaking of offenses that uh. Did give you some fantasy production yesterday. The Bucks and Giants. A surprisingly competitive game. Giants won 38 to 35. You, Who the fuck is that guy got replaced again? <laughs> Fitz Magic is back to bench magic. Oh god. Jameis Winston, once again the team leader, comes in and does what Fitz Magic does and uh, rallies them back to almost a win. Did you hear what I said yesterday on our past show? I'm not sure. I said something to the effect of uh, someone, I don't even remember who it was, I was talking about somebody being effective. I'm like, it might all be after halftime, right? assuming that somebody was going to get benched. I'm like, but it's going to happen. And that happened. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Jameis Winston comes in for a struggling Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, this team... Pick a freaking quarterback. They won't. I it, like the next game. It could be Fitz Magic in the it, second. Well, half. here's what I don't get. It's like, all right, you gave Ryan Fitzpatrick. But by the way, he was he was a stud. There's no doubt about it. He was a stud first three or four games, and then you know falls off the face of the earth. And then they give him an extra game or game and a half to struggle. Then they put in James. Your move's done. You can't go back. They will. I, I understand that, but you can't go back at that point. Can't then, say can't because they will. And then you do. So what do you do? Now you've got – you don't you, – if you have a quarterback controversy, you just don't have a freaking quarterback. And that's what happened. They, they've they've created their own quarterback controversy when there shouldn't have been one in the first place. They should just accept it and go to a 2QB system. <laughs> I I, uh, what else can they do? They're going to do it anyways. It's just going to be half to I'm half. Just, I'm just saying, but, you know, Jameis Winston, you've got to see if he is worth paying. You've He's got, not. I tend to agree, but you've got to see if he is a franchise-level quarterback. He's not. You're right. But now you're just like, well, you know, we're going to put him in for half. Oh, yeah, do Nice job getting us almost all the way back to win. And, um, all right, we're going to play you next week. Oh, you, what's that? You threw two interceptions? Bench, get to the bench, get that right. How do, how does that? How do you feel if you're James Winston with your confidence? He doesn't seem to mind. Like uh, usually he's on the bench just talking to to Fitz Magic, like which I understand. Fitz Magic is such a likable guy. You can't be mad at him for coming in. Yeah, but I'm. But talk- they sit there all chummy. I don't think either one of them really give two craps. I well, think they're both like you know, crappy season. We're pro. You know, Fitz is like, I'm probably going to hang it up here maybe in another year or 17. He'll probably play forever, but technically he should go ahead and retire. Uh, Jameis Winston, probably like, this isn't the team I'm going to be with for the for the rest of my career. Anyways, not really giving a crap. But Bucks. You, you just become the uh, someone who you can't trust your own arm whenever you're terrified of being benched. You know what I mean? Like, on the field, you're like, you know, you can't be worried about making mistakes on the field. You know, players that are hesitant, or worried about making mistakes are hesitant, and players that are hesitant are indecisive. Right. And whenever you're indecisive, you're ineffective. I mean, it's simple as that. Whenever they bench uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for James Winston, Winston comes in, throws two touchdowns, has 129.9 uh, uh, passer rating. That's great. That, I mean, that's very solid. 
But at the end of the day, if he can, if he does the same thing at the next game, throws an interception right out the rip, what what happens? What happens? Are they going to bench him for Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's at least going to be worried about it. Well, I'll tell you what. Here here's the plan for the Buccaneers. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their best option for every single game, which I don't even know if they have a third quarterback. Do you know? I'm looking it up right now. Ryan Griffin. Every single game for the rest of the season, you start Ryan Griffin. You play him for half a quarter, and you bring one of the other two guys in for relief. They're both obviously better in relief than they are starting. So, so what you're saying is they they need to have like a starter. A buffer. A middle relief pitcher and a closer. You got it. You hey, got it. That could be a game changer. They could finish the season out with nothing but wins. Oh, yeah, I'll bet that happens. I'm not being serious. But anyways, in that game, your boy, Eli Manning, only missed one pass. 17 for 18. 231 and two, no interceptions. Well, when you're when a good Eli game, that's a good Eli game. That's a good Eli game. I mean, whenever you're uh, terrified of uh, one of the best running backs in the league, eh, it keeps the pocket a little bit cleaner. Makes you have a little bit of time. Saquon killed it yesterday. Saquon is. Um, you've got three get- touchdowns. He. 27 for 142. Didn't do a lot through the air, but he did score. Is Saquon worth as much as Todd Gurley right now? Oh, man. It's got to be close. Not yet. I mean, Todd Gurley plays on such a good offense. Not yet. Saquon in a, in a late first? Not yet. I, I still think it's very debatable, um, which I take the Saquon side. I haven't made any secret about it all season, but it's barely. But it, but it is. Gurley still won, and I think it's. I think it's clear, but but so but you can't be faulted if you were to choose Barkley or Kamara. One, o- there's three guys that could go one overall. Gurley's the right choice in my opinion, and Barkley and Kamara are not the wrong choice. I, if that makes any sense. No, I tend to agree with you. Um, the 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 only argument for me, if you wanted to go Kamara, is. Look what he's done with a limited workload, and most likely, it's his backfield next year. We most we likely. always say that, but watch him sign Lev Bell. Oh yeah, no, you're right, you're <laughs> right, mean, you're right. You know, watch him sign Lev Bell, give Lev Bell twenty carries and Kamara fifteen. Like you just don't know about the Saints. Like the Saints have found this formula that that just works. Why mess with it? Yeah, I mean, why why mess with it? Why risk injury? You know, it's it's. The NFL's long been long running as a multiple running back league, not really a bell cow kind of system. And the Saints have bought into spreading the wealth, and they do it well. Yeah, but look, all they do is win, win, but look win, at no the, matter what. Look at the top teams right now. I mean, the the top teams, the teams that are you're really concerned about, you know, making a run in the playoffs. They have bell cows. They've all got bell cows. Yeah, except for the Saints. The, either one of them can be a bell cow, though. That's the biggest thing about Saints. Both of those guys have the ability to be a bell cow. I kind of like keeping Kamara fresher. I, I understand. He's so good. And like you've said before, like he doesn't need 20. He doesn't he need do, 20 he doesn't. plus. I'm perfectly happy with 15 and whatever he gets through the air because it's going to equate to top three to five running backs so much, scores so much like every Jamal, single week. Jamal Charles of old. Yeah. The first couple uh, years in the league. It's like. He doesn't need the 25 carries a game to be one of the best running backs out there. Man, but indeed. Saquon is getting onto that level to where you it's going to be really 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 hard to trade for Saquon. Already probably is. probably impossible, honestly. It already is. You're, I, I'm not sure that the Saquon owners willing to give him up for Todd Gurley. Tell you in, in, you, in most leagues. Tell you someone you can trade for. Peyton Barber. Had his, had a had a hundred yard game and a touchdown, one hundred six and a touch. I have him in uh, the sleeper wire pro am league as my second back behind Gurley because I traded for Lev Bell. What a, what a brilliant move! Mid mid season, not even mid season, like four weeks ago, I traded for Lev Bell because you, I mean I traded Cooper Cup for him and now Cup's out, so it worked out either way. But 
well, if you want to call it worked out, but I had to take that chance of having uh, two super stud running backs to go with the rest of my studly team. And it didn't pan out. Looks like Peyton Barber is going to be starting for the back row fantasy show in a pro-am the rest of the season. But uh, Mike Evans got it done for you. O.J. Howard, I should have started over Ebron. If you saw the Twitter, I'm I'm very upset. I hope O.J. Howard doesn't miss any games. He also went down towards the end of the game uh, with a leg injury. God, I hope to God he comes back because now I'm scared to death of Ebron, which is ridiculous. He's been money. Every everybody has a, a Hunter Henry game now and then if lays that, an egg. Yeah. True. Odell Beckham in that same game, four for seventy four and a touch. I'm still not that impressed with what I mean, Odell's on pace for, you know, just as good a season as normal, but he has not been uh He's not delivering those yeah, he's not delivering those monstrous weeks like you're like you're always expect out of Odell Beckham Jr. It's just strange. I mean, he like I said, he's having a fine season. There's just something that is pedestrian for Odell Beckham about it. And uh, to me, it taints uh, his draft position next season. But uh, moving on to other games, we got a few to wrap up before we move on and try to discover who but you can get back help to where for. you were saying. Like he's his average of his career is like thirteen hundred fifty yards. He's literally right on pace for that. I mean, he has, uh, there's five games left, five games left, and he has 932 yards and five touchdowns. Like, I'm with you 100% that he's not looking like he has been, but he's it, at the end of the season, he's going to do, it just he's doing it over a solid consistency, more or less, of a season. You're like, this isn't why I got you, Odell. I yeah, want, I don't want consistency. I want big games. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want, that's that's insane to even think that. But it's like I got you for the three touchdown games to where you get me forty points, man. You only got me one two touchdown game this year. Come on, Odell. But uh, I mean, if you look at his stat line, though, the the problem is whenever he gets over hundred yards, he just doesn't get in the end zone. I mean, just the one game he well, I guess two of them he did. But he's got five, six, five or six 100-yard games already this season. He's just, you know, not getting the end zone all of them like he used to. Yeah, just the way it's going. Uh, Texans won a squeaker over the Redskins. They're all of a sudden 7-3. and three. Uh, Fantasy-wise, nobody really tore it up yesterday. DeAndre Hopkins gave you a Beckham-like game, 556 and a touch. Uh, but on the other side, Jordan Reed had a great game. Uh, Jordan Reed's somebody. Do you think he's someone that can help you stretch run for the playoffs you've got i mean you've already got jordan reed though i mean somebody's got him well yeah but they they're probably not starting him he's probably the backup tight end he hasn't been that great this season like if you've got an oj howard it's went down if you got rob gronkowski and you're concerned i mean maybe reads the the answer for a couple weeks till we see what grunk is coming back off injury i think with colt mccoy i i think that uh jordan reed's an upgrade I think Jordan Reed just got an upgrade, not in talent, because Alex Smith is a better quarterback. But Jordan Reed is probably going to get peppered with targets with Colt McCoy in the game. I mean, Alex Smith liked to throw to the tight end, though. He did, but that was with Kelsey. And then when he comes to Washington, it's like mixes it up between uh, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. Colt McCoy's been playing with Jordan Reed for a while. I think that rapport of multiple seasons together could mean that Jordan Reed breaks out kind of as their go-to target every single game. Just a name to look out for, in my opinion. He had 11 targets yesterday, uh, most of those coming after the Alex Smith injury. So Jordan Reed's just somebody I like rest of season. Uh, if you're struggling at tight end, if you're rolling out, if you're streaming them, and uh, if he's been part of your stream, maybe you're streaming Jordan Reed and Chris Herndon or something. I think you can roll with Reed the rest of the season and be happy. Uh, I would, with Colt McCoy in at quarterback especially. Uh, I mean, he's going to be near the top ten. Yeah. And, I mean, that's good enough. You know what I mean? Because odds are you've got somebody who's got a top ten uh, tied in and they took the flyer on Kittle and got Kittle. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it, yeah, 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 I'll buy that. Um to flip over to the other side, where's Demarius Thomas? Yeah, Kiki Kuti's back. He ca- he's he ca- a better receiver at this point in their careers. He catches. I mean, he ends up with zero statistics yesterday. I don't even think he was targeted. He did play. 
Um, but I don't even think he was targeted last or yesterday. Yeah, I I, I mean it's just the writing's on the wall. I, I, Nit Nit and others have said Demarius Thomas has two, three, four season of top production. I don't buy it. I, I think this is it. I think this is the end of Demarius Thomas being a fantasy relevant wide receiver. It's going to be name value from here on out, and I, I just don't like it. I like the young guys in Houston better. I like Kiki Koti. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the number one all the time. It just makes Demarius Thomas not trustable. I'm not rolling him out. I'm, he's probably on waivers if it was up to me in redraft leagues. Man, see, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to release him to the waiver wire because I feel like I'm releasing him. If you put him on the waiver wire, what's going to happen is you're going to be in a game that you need uh, someone else has an injury. And you're going to end up getting beat because of Demarius Thomas in like week 14. Give me some Marcel Aitman the rest of the uh, life. Okay. I'll take, ever, I'll take ever, DT. Ever DT. I'll take DT all day over that. Steelers beat the Jags. Nothing uh, to write home about as far as fantasy land goes, except James Conner just didn't get it done for once. Sad. Sorry, James Conner. Uh, back to that Ravens-Bengals game. John Ross got in the end zone again. I don't suggest him as the rest of the uh, – Rest of the year play, I would leave him to the waiver wires. It's just hit or miss. I, I'm not going to rely on a freaking touchdown. Yeah. It's not like everyone's starting Alex Collins with confidence, even though a touchdown has saved him uh, in 90% of the games. Remember, Austin Carr got in the end zone this week. Yes. Let's just realize that. Yeah. I mean, but John Ross has gotten the end zone a couple weeks in a row. That's why I'm calling him out as a uh, don't get excited kind of pick. Uh, I just can't get excited about a guy who just gets a few targets a game. No, you know what I mean? Like no. that—that's the biggest concern more than anything. I mean, he has. Oh shoot! I guess he had seven targets, but he only comes down with two. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's wow. the kind of game that John Ross plays. You know, that's just how it goes. I, I threw a poll out yesterday. Not really a poll, but a little picture. Uh, I'd like your opinion on it, Arms. Vikings and Bears last night. The Bears again. Uh, just the Bears are going to be scary, man. The Bears. I do not want to face them in the playoffs if i'm any team even the saints i don't want to face the saints and bears would be i know the saints and rams is like the high powered yeah. nfc championship game i want to see the saints and bears that would be an in the nfc incredible. championship game or at least at one at, it, at some point in the playoffs i mean yeah i, I want to see that game like wow. I, I really want to see that game because the bears they absolutely shut down running backs. The Bears just shut just, down everyone. I mean, the Vikings, the only reason, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, the only reason those guys saved you is because they were in garbage time comeback mode. They were never close to winning this game. Uh, the Vikings had a combined 22 yards on the ground. Pitiful. And it's the Bears. Which, by the way, I did call that sit. I did call that sit, which... Uh, you got to. I mean, this is what the this is how good the Bears are. People need to start realizing that's that is it's getting to be a historically great run defense. I mean, they probably they're one of the best run defenses at this point, at least in the past ten years. They're probably the best run defense in the past ten years. It, it they're they're annihilating people. I mean, are, is it a close game? Yeah, but. It, it's it's only close only in the in air. Score. Only in score. Wasn't that close as far as like watching the game. You could tell the Bears are the better team. And I did did warn everybody, don't go chasing Allen Robinson. No, that was a nice points. call. Good lord, man. He's two touchdown game. No, I nothing to get excited about. It's Allen Robinson. Taylor Gabriel paced him uh in receiving this week. It's it's week to week whoever's going to pace him. Luckily Anthony Miller caught a touchdown and saved you there. But you, uh, you, you literally nailed the call though on that. It's like you know, don't go chase Robinsons. I do think they're going to have a productive receiver, but probably I'll play Anthony Miller this week. I'm, okay, yeah. Buster. I mean, he, he's to, to me, he's this Anthony Miller is becoming the safest play. Uh, doesn't mean you should be starting him. I, I'm not comfortable starting any Bears receiver to be honest with you. But uh, Allen Robinson is uh, one of the biggest names that I'm least comfortable with starting. To me, he's kind of in the Demarius Thomas mold. Just not comfortable. That name recognition, sure, it, it's you know big name, but I don't want him in my lineup. Uh, I, you, do you feel bad for the people who spent that first rounder to get him this year? Because people were trading away first to get Allen Robinson. 
Like that was his, there were questions about multiple first rounders for Allen Robinson's value this offseason. Yeah, like that's, that's insane. Now, ludicrous. Now, Trubisky had a down down game. I'm not concerned about that. I think uh, I, this is a solid Vikings defense as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not concerned about that. I think Trubisky has a, definitely has a bounce back game next week and pretty much good. I think the rest of the season. Yeah, but especially no, I, fantasy season. That's what I threw up too. Like you know, who's had the better season? Cousins or Trubisky, and I'm not talking fantasy season because obviously Cousins edges him out there. But as far as just better seasons for their team, very debatable. Uh, the Bears are, are rolling to a seven and three record behind Trubisky. Vikings are five four and one, which is fine. You know they've got a shot at the playoffs, and Kirk's been pretty good, but not dominant like we thought they'd be. And that that uh, if I'm an NFL team drafting today, if if the whole league's an expansion, kind of like Trubisky. Okay. Now I do, I do want to point out one thing. How freaking good is Eddie Jackson? Eddie Jackson's real good. And uh, Eddie Jackson, I think, has as many touchdowns this year as uh, Julio Jones. You're probably right. <laughs> if not, it's it's within one. Yeah. That is insane. Eddie Jackson. I mean. Is he is he a stat sheet stuffer? Some weeks he does all right, but it's a little bit of inconsistency. He was coming there. on as the season went on. But my gosh, I mean, get, get, another pick six. Eddie Jackson is do is pretty darn good at, at, at getting back in the end zone from uh, not having the ball to begin with. You know. Yeah, he's good though. But uh, hopefully, we helped you out a little bit with some guys to maybe think about picking up rest of season. Uh, it was actually a short week in the NFL. A lot of teams on by, not a whole lot of games. Tonight we've got the uh, the Chiefs Rams, probably one of the better Monday night games in a while. That's going to be that's going to be one to stay up for. I don't think anybody's falling asleep at halftime on that one. No, no. And if you do, you're crazy. Don't go to sleep. Watch Patty Mahomes put some ketchup on some receivers this week. And he- listen, Heinz, stop encouraging this. Like that is don't catch up steak. If you're ordering steak, you're mispronouncing a hamburger if you want to put ketchup on it. I'll eat some ketchup on some steak. We had the conversation pre-recording, or maybe it was while we were recording. I don't know, but I'll I, I put some ketchup on my steak. No. Patty just, Ice is my hero. I, I want to be his Mahomie. Mahomie. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what they should name it, if they haven't already. That, that should be what his fan club is, the Pat Mahomies. All right, that's a that's a that's a fine note to end it on. Thanks for thanks for ruining it, arms. Yep, yep, yep. My homies, thanks for joining us. Little Monday morning recap. Just just working our way through the season. And I kept spilling coffee all over my shirt. I couldn't figure it out. The, the lid wasn't twisted on tightly. I'm so upset. I kept. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like grade school. It's like <laughs> look like an idiot over here. I'm like, yeah. The first time the camera's pointed basically directly at me, it's like drip. You like drip, that? Drip. No, nobody wants to see this. You, you like that? I should have done Do the whole show like, like this. Just over here. Hidden hidden behind my mic. Right. I think our uh, listeners would have appreciated that. Or viewers would have appreciated that. Very possibly. Sorry, well, I'm ugly. It's cool, though. You, you've got a, a head-on direction to tell them bye. Go ahead, Harms. Good night. Peace. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.